Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato for MediaMonarchy.com. I'm not going to be enslaved by the system or by money. We've got that story plus multilateralism with teeth. But first, 200 organizations asked the Gates Foundation to stop funding the failed green revolution. Billions of dollars in aid and subsidies for industrial agriculture in Africa are harming food security in one of the world's hungriest regions. This according to African groups asking donors to switch their funding to African-led efforts and agroecology. In a letter delivered Tuesday, 200 organizations led by the Alliance for Food Sovereignty in Africa has asked the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, popular CIA front, the U.S. Agency for International Development, USAID, and other donors to stop financing the Alliance for a Green Revolution in Africa, agra ha 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 The billion-dollar effort has unequivocally failed in its mission and harmed broader efforts to support African farmers, the group said. They delivered their letter as donors gathered for the African Green Revolution Forum this week in Nairobi, Kenya, the annual fundraising event established by the Yara International Fertilizer Company, says it is designed to energize the political will for policies and investments in sustainable agriculture transformation. The forum funded by chemical companies, private donors, and other partners, said it will elevate the single coordinated African voice to the United Nations Food Systems Summit later this month, which is why all of this is now happening. That claim, though, rankled African groups and many others who have been calling on United Nations leaders for at least two years to champion human rights, food sovereignty, and ecology at the 2021 Food Summit and say their concerns have all been ignored kind of like the BLM folks who don't have a table at the Biden administration and are wondering, oh gosh, what happened? They use you up and then they don't need you. No, no, no. We are here to state clearly and categorically that the Alliance for a Green Revolution in Africa does not speak for Africans, said Anne Mena, director of the Biodiversity Biosafety Association of Kenya. Her group and hundreds of others are boycotting the UN summit because they say it's been captured. This sounds familiar by corporations and donors who are pushing technological solutions for hunger while ignoring systemic changes necessary to address hunger and poverty. That AGRA's president, Agnes Kalibata, is leading the UN Food Summit is a conflict of interest, critics say, because AGRA is also fundraising for its own programs. I mean, it's crazy. It'd be like if Fauci's wife was like the head of the bioethics company that approves meds for the FDA. Right, James? Exactly right. Yeah. Uh, James, this is such an important story on every level, even disregarding the actual specific content of the story, just from the structural level, this gives such an insight into the way that these major international fora and, and organizations work, which is to say, we're going to represent African voices. And who is it that's representing African voices? Oh, it's all these seed and chemical companies that are selling their products, are getting together and deciding what should happen for agriculture in Africa. Again, as if it's just one big, it's just one big swath of the globe, whatever. We'll speak for them at this UN forum. But but then when you drill down into it and you get into the specifics of this story, it is anyone who is interested or gives mouth a lip service to uh, to the the concept of neocolonial imperialism or or corporatism or environmental degradation and destruction, and is not calling out this AGRA or AGRF for what it is is clearly not 
uh, and not serious in their critiques uh, on the on those subjects because that that is exactly what this is. And there's a much much bigger story here that goes back to the heart of the Green Revolution, which people might think is just uh, just means environmentalism or something. No, the Green Revolution was the specific thing that developed out of the 1960s in the Food for Peace program, and it was developed by with healthy support from the Rockefeller Foundation, of course, to basically come up with this scheme, this entire scam for um, promoting and selling uh, chemical input-intensive agriculture, technological-intensive agriculture to the third world on various loan bases um, that puts them into debt slavery. I mean, it's just this incredible scam that has been running for so long. Um, I'm going to be writing about it more in this weekend's subscriber newsletter. So please stay tuned for that because it's a fascinating story. But I hope people will at least go and read the press release because yeah, um, it really gets to the heart of the matter. They they talk about how over a decade of research has exposed the failure of AGRA, A-G-R-A, on its own terms after nearly 15 years and spending of more than one billion U.S. dollars to promote the use of commercial seeds, chemical fertilizers, and pesticides in 13 African countries, and an additional one billion U.S. dollars per year of African government subsidies for seeds and fertilizers. AGRA has failed to provide evidence that yields, incomes, or food security increased significantly and sustainably for smallholder households across its target countries. And it goes on to give plenty of more facts and and, uh, data to back that up. Such an important issue. Anyone who actually cares about the people of Africa, anyone who actually cares about the the subject of agriculture in general, food security, um, environmental preservation, should be looking at issues like this and what the Gates Foundation and the Rockefeller Foundation and these big seed companies and the chemical companies and all of these, what they are doing to set up an infrastructure that is going to undermine food security, undermine environmental protections, and ultimately line their their, their uh, pockets with more and more money. Um, anyone who is interested in that story, please take a look at this article that we're linking up in the show notes. And as I say, stay tuned for my newsletter this weekend where I'm going to go into that whole Green Revolution scam. It's interesting how similar Rockefeller farming is to the Rockefeller medicine kind of model. It's funny how that goes. And I guess what? They'll they'll send the the Green Reaper after us if we don't do as they say. They are running out of patience. 200 organizations urge donors to scrap AGRA. We will include links to that as well as, of course, my wild accusations about Anthony Fraudchi's wife. Our second story on this New World Next Week, episode 459. It's just from one fake charity to another, James. United Nations head urgently states, we need multilateralism with teeth. And we grab this from Technocracy News, technocracy.news to be precise, who kick off the article by saying the head of the UN states, we must make lying wrong again. Global gaslighting is astonishing after the UN has amply displayed its own culture of continuous lies on every front, fabricating and corrupting data to show whatever emergency situation that drives their technocrat agenda. And that's the thing, James, whether we're talking about farming or technology or the COVID or any of it, it's their long-term agenda that they've talked about, written about, spoken about. Pretty much you can overlay that over the different the different fields. I don't want to be too reductive and simplistic here. 
United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres issued a dire warning that the world is moving in the wrong direction and faces a pivotal moment where continuing business as usual could could lead to a breakdown of global order and a future of perpetual crisis. Changing course could signal a breakthrough to a greener, ding, 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 and safer future, he said. United Nations chief said the world's nations and people must reverse today's dangerous trends and choose the breakthrough scenario. That, of course, is, of course, their solution to the problems they've caused in the first place. The world is under enormous stress on almost every front, he said, and the COVID-19 pandemic was the newer Pearl Harbor they needed to demonstrate the failure of nations to come together and take joint decisions to help all people in the face of a global life-threatening emergency. Guterres said this paralysis extends far beyond COVID-19 to the failures to tackle the climate crisis and our suicidal war on nature. Who's waging the war on nature? Sorry, you, right? And the collapse of biodiversity, again, which they have caused. They are the kings of monoculture. The unchecked inequality undermining the cohesion of societies and technology's advances without guardrails to protect us from its unforeseen consequences. They protect themselves from their unforeseen consequences. James, completely off the topic sidebar. I saw something just today that was like, Facebook internal research knew that it's toxic for teenage girls but they'll keep plowing forward anyway. Again, showing what the technology is basically doing to our kids. That's why the people who run those companies don't let their kids use any of that technology. Uh, But back to the technocracy. In other signs of a more chaotic and insecure world, he pointed to rising poverty, hunger, and uh, gender inequality. After decades of decline, the extreme risk to human life and the planet from nuclear war and a climate breakdown and the, it just goes on and on, and the inequality, discrimination, and injustice bringing people into the streets to protest while conspiracy theories and lies fuel deep divisions within society. That's right, your lies are fueling deep divisions within society. In a horizon-scanning report presented to the General Assembly and at a press conference last Friday, Guterres said his vision for the breakthrough scenario to a greener and safer world is driven by the principle of working together, recognizing that we're bound to each other and that no community or country, however powerful, can solve its challenges alone. This report our common agenda, because they're just including us in this, is a response to last year's declaration by world misleaders on the 75th anniversary of the United Nations and the request from the Assembly's 193 member nations for the UN chief to make recommendations to address the challenges for global governance. They still love to, I, I don't know why they're even hiding behind the fig leaf of global governance. Just say one world government. We got the PDF link for you. Our common agenda report of the secretary general. And now they can see a new world coming into view, a world in which there's a very real prospect of a slave new world, James. Yeah. I mean, why hide behind the fig leaf of one world government? They could just say like Carrie Chant recently did quite clearly new world order. That's what it is. That's what it's always been. That's what they're driving at. That's what they continue to drive at. But wait, James, are you telling me 
that the globalists who generated this crisis are going to use our reaction to this crisis, oh, won't someone do about it, in order to present their solution to the crisis, which is to, oh, I don't know, give them more power? <laughs> wow, <laughs> color me shocked. Wow, I never would have guessed. Oh, wait, that's exactly, exactly what we, in our collective work in the independent media generally, have been screaming our heads off about for decades now. But specifically, if you want my specific take on the Corona World Order, you can go back to episode 375 of the podcast that I released last year, in the face of people like Patrick Buchanan and others saying, this is the end of globalism and globalization. No, it shows the failure of this. I said, no, 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 no. They're going to crank it up to 11 now. That's the whole point. They generate the crises in order to pimp their solutions, which is to give them more power. We need multilateralism with teeth. So if you were looking for the one report encapsulation of globalism in a nutshell, you would be hard-pressed to find a better one than this one. So I would suggest people at least take a look through. Yes, it is filled with all of the mealy-mouthed political feel-good blather about inequality and poverty and we're going to help the everyone, blah, 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 nonsense that you would expect from a report like this. Um, and if you do not know how to decode that, I'll throw a couple of links into some previous things I've done talking about decoding globalese, because you have to know the words they're using uh, are meant to make you think a certain thing, but of course they mean something very different. Also, for people who have stumbled onto our report somehow, who are still at least one foot firmly in Normyland and do not understand that organizations like the United Nations do not have your best interests in heart, I'll throw a link back into episode 87 of the Corporate Report, The UN Doesn't Love You. Um, but I would just like to draw your attention just to one page of this report that I thought was particularly funny. Just turn to page 23 and take a look at the diagram that Guterres here helpfully provides of the renewed social contract, um, showing this weird kind of circular diagram of private sector, individual, state institutions, civil society, and the ways they're going to input into this renewed social contract. Total nonsense, total just utter meaningless blather. Um, the, what they really mean when they're talking about renewing the social contract is we're going to tell you guys what the way the world's going to work from now on, and it's going to be a bit different. But don't worry, it's a renewed social contract. I would love, I would love if they presented me with this contract and asked, would you like to sign this? Uh, let me take a look. Uh, let me read through it. Nah, I, nah I'm good. I'm not going to sign that. I'm not a party to your social contract. But somehow or other, I don't think we're going to get presented with that document. What do you think, James? Yeah, no, they never give us that chance. Again, most of the things are there to cover their butts and not to get us out of trouble. I just... I'm always angered by the signs around my apartment complex that says, oh, under video surveillance. I'm like, yeah, but it didn't do anything when they stole the catalytic converter out of our car. Yeah. So, James, <laughs> I haven't seen page 23 of the report, but I imagine the graph essentially looks something like the food cycle from the vegetarian episode of The Simpsons and everything all just leads into the United Nations. <laughs> but it's, remember... 1984 in, in the book, the confusion, again, is all a part of the deal, man. Gosh, it's almost like government doesn't know what they're doing. They're moving the goalposts and making things up and changing it. That's, I think it's, it's again, it's meant to keep people wandering around in a state of confusion. Uh, other semi-related news. New Hexaco just extended the mask hole mandate for another month. But, of course, looking around at other places in the world, I suppose it could be a whole hell of a lot worse. 
I also actually just earlier went to the store and as I've generally done about halfway there, I go, oh crap, I forgot my muzzle. Oh well, I'm still going. Went in mask-free, just plow forward, just plow forward with a smile like nothing's out of the ordinary at all. But yeah, James, David Icke called it. Problem, reaction, solution. I played a like 14-year-old David Icke clip on the show the other morning and it was just like, there it is, there's your future worlds from a guy who was banned from putting on shows and events, I believe, in Australia, which probably should have told us what was coming. Third and final story on this New World Next Week, episode 451, your always weekly look at what is coming. Jim Brewer cancels shows over vaccine segregation. Former Rockefeller Day Dead cast member and, of course, half-baked star Jim Brewer canceled two of his shows over vaccine requirements for audience members, making him the latest of several celebrities to refuse to perform at venues that have implemented COVID-19 restrictions. Jim Brewer announced that he would cancel shows at Michigan's Royal Oak Theater and New Jersey's Wellmont Theater in a Facebook video last week calling vaccine mandates for audiences segregation. And it is, it's a 22 minute long video. We'll include the links to all of that. And he says, quote, I know I'm going to sacrifice a lot of money, but I'm not going to be enslaved by the system or by money, and nor should anyone that wants to laugh or be entertained. In the 22-minute long video, he defended his decision saying he needed to stick to his morals and that people should not be forced, bribed, or dictated to take the vaccine. I will not do a show where they force you to come out and laugh, and the only way that you can do that is to get a shot. In a statement to Newspeak magazine, where we get this article from, Anthony J. Morrison, the general manager of the Wellmont Theater in New Jersey, said the policy is put in place to protect audience members, artists, and theaters. He said the theater wishes him well, which is, you know, pretty much a veiled middle finger. He is, of course, not the first celebrity to cancel shows at venues requiring audience members to get a warp speed MAGA jab that, at best, reduces symptoms, maybe? Eric Clapton announced he wouldn't play at any venue where audience members would be required to be vaccinated after Bojo announced that vaccine passes would be required at clubs and venues. Metal band that I hadn't heard of, but I'll have to look into now, Alessana, A-L-E-S-A-N-A, canceled shows in St. Louis and Nashville over COVID-19 restrictions, writing in a message to fans that they'll pull shows at venues that are no longer supporting autonomy. Matty Caspi, one of Israel's most popular musicians, also canceled a series of shows over COVID restrictions, which he called fascism, as the Times of Israel reported. Van Morrison, Richard Ashcroft, Ian Brown. Why do the Brit rockers have more balls than the land of the free fakes? (sighs) Still other performers, including former comedian Patton Oswalt, and fake woke musician Jason, I crap on Van Morrison while I wear my Atlanta Braves ball cap. Isbell, Jason Isbell, they've taken the opposite approach, playing at venues that require MAGA jabs among the audience members. And really, that, James, it just, that seems like it's the majority of them anymore. I'm sure there's a lot of people who are essentially not saying anything and kind of staying out of it because you're basically, it's like anything in pop culture, it's like, oh, you're going to get destroyed one way or the other, so maybe the only winning move is to not play sometimes. You know I'm on all the mailing lists. I see all the concert listings that now say outdoor only, vaccinated only, masked only. It's like a broken record that they broke. I think so many of the so-called kind of indie progressive, my body, my choice rock bands are now just another major label widget 
telling you to get the mega jab or die, which we will do neither of while we pop organic popcorn and watch, I guess, careers and whole scenes and industries just circle the bowl. Jimmy Blackface Kimmel. Brock, can we please put the picture of Jimmy Blackface Kimmel in here? He says the unvaxxed should be denied health care. That would be the same Jimmy Blackface Kimmel who is crying on his Disney show about his baby's health care. We're supposed to care about that, though. God, maybe maybe St. Norm couldn't stand seeing what rock and roll and comedy have become, I guess, James. <sighs> Yeah. Um, and on that note, rest in peace, Norm MacDonald, one of the few com- comedians of our era who didn't spend thousands of hours in boring snooze fest talkathon podcasts pontificating on the craft of comedy, but actually just being funny <laughs> and genuinely not caring what he said or who he offended. He definitely did not pull punches. So um, a dying breed, well, a dead breed, unfortunately. There you go. Rest in peace. And as a Canadian, I am genetically hardwired to point out Norm MacDonald's Canadian roots. So anyway, um, (laughs) but having said that, hey, James, at least there's a bright side to this. At the very least, they're making it very easy for us to decide which entertainers and performers we give our time and energy and resources, mental and financial, to, right? They're making it easy. Um, And as you say, I, I too, have never heard of Alisana before, but you better believe the first thing I'm going to do after we hang up this call is go check them out. So, you know, I hope other people will see and take note of who is and who is not on the side Mm -hmm. of fundamental human freedoms and decide whether or not you want to give them your time and attention. Mm -hmm. I play truth music every morning on my morning monarchy. Every morning show since the dawn of 2021 has ended with brand new independent protest truth music. As we start to wrap this episode up, James, as long as we're kind of throwing in other notes, it just kind of reminds me about all of this. Don't quit your job over the MAGA jabs. Make them fire you. Make them, again, make a tyrant be a tyrant very openly. So, of course, the exclusive audio that you're hearing right now, your exclusive New World Next Week audio, we always play after your Thursday morning monarchy before the video is published anywhere. I don't think I mentioned last week, James, I think you and I were just talking about it after we stopped taping. Crapple, somehow, they tricked me. They made me break my 15-year-old iTunes feed page. So if your last Media Monarchy episode says August 23rd, you are way behind. Screw Sweatshop Apple and them tunes. They're just a middleman you never needed. You can listen to MP3s on your computer without going to some podcast gatekeeper. All you need and all you've ever needed is MediaMonarchy.com slash feed. Put that into your podcatcher of choice. And again, you can support one or both of us via my American P.O. Box. That and all the other support notes, of course, always down in the show notes as Media Monarchy is now celebrating over 16 years of news, music, memes, and more. I'm on the air Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 Mountain Time at MediaMonarchy.com slash listen. James? All right, awesome stuff. Well, let's do it again next week, James. Thanks for three stories. Thanks, buddy. Take care.